Reading on behalf of my sister, Siobhan Argyle. Music is the language of the spirit. It opens the secret of life, bringing peace, abolishing strife. Cahill Gibran My fingers understood piano keys from a young age. They knew how to interact with each other to create sound and song, harmoniously and effortlessly. My memory would photograph a tune and instinctively I knew how to play it. I never questioned this. I never felt the need. It is only now that I understand the significance of that rhyme and music present in me. It is only now that I realise the extent to which music has always been my regulator, my confidant, my comforter and my guide. Life as a child was chaotic. My father had type 1 diabetes. The diagnosis of type 1 diabetes was hard for anyone to manage in the early days and my father was no exception. He suffered from severe hypos, instances of low blood sugar, that resulted in behaviour so erratic, frenzied and at times violent, memories of which are etched clearly in my memory. Nights were sleepless, anxiety-filled passages of time where the unexpected became the expected and where the saving of my dad's life became a regular occurrence and a scary one at that. At age 11, life was far from easy. A first holiday abroad brings a host of unwanted memories even now. Suffice to say, I ended the holiday so ill I was barely conscious by the time we landed in London. I remember one brief moment of consciousness a doctor's worried and hushed words, panicking that I would die if they couldn't figure out what was wrong. I really didn't care. We journeyed back to Glasgow and from there everything changed. I was ill for months. I was ridiculously thirsty all the time. I couldn't stop eating but continued to lose weight. I was exhausted. My legs would cramp to such an extent where I would be unable to walk. I knew that I was ill. I also knew what was happening. I didn't need an official diagnosis. I knew that I was facing a diagnosis of type 1 diabetes and the fear and terror that came with that is something I can still recall with frightening ease. The months after diagnosis, I lost chunks of my hair, never to grow back. I suffered horrendous muscle spasms in my back that rendered me almost incapable of walking. I was physically sick virtually every night. I suffered from skin infections and tooth abscesses where the pain was searing and sleep absent. I never told anyone. I lived in abject terror. I constantly believed that I was going to die. The thoughts were crippling. Still, I said nothing. Hospital visits became a never-ending source of fear. You realise you might lose a leg. You might go blind. Your kidneys will fail. I was terrified. Utterly and completely terrified and I felt alone and isolated. I would hide away lest anyone figure out I had diabetes. The shame was crippling and I could find no one to hear me and understand those feelings. I was banished to cupboards and toilets to inject insulin. Thus the shame grew and I would often miss the injections. It seemed easier that way. My weight began to rocket and with that came the insults, the hurtful remarks, even a punch in the stomach by a teacher to prove the point. 
more shame, more guilt, so I stopped eating. To this day, I have only one mirror in the house. I cannot bear the reflection, not in a mirror, not in photographs, not anywhere. I struggle to even see my name written in a box on a computer screen. The disquiet I feel is thundering. I was told that I was going blind. I was not. I was threatened by a doctor who told me that I would die due to my attitude. The same doctor wrote to me several times to reiterate this point. I fully understand the ways in which you can scare someone to death. It doesn't take much. This has been my story all my life. I can still feel the tears running down my face as I type this. My fingers are playing a different keyboard and it's hard for them to do so. It does not come easy to me. I have had a saving grace that I, though that I held close. In moments of fear and doubt, I had a piano, a guitar, a flute. I could sit for hours understanding how music worked and knowing that music understood me. Through music, I could tell stories, write poetry. I could cry legitimately. I could smile and I could be me without judgment and without fear. But only to me, I knew that I was not a performer, not good enough, destined to make nothing of my life, to be nothing. Such were the words of teachers who should have known better. Their words haunt me to this day and it takes every ounce of energy to set them aside. So here I am, all these years later, trying to reclaim that which was lost. My sense of self, the original part of me who could delight openly about the joy music brought and who could share that with others. The me stepping into a territory that is bewildering and unfamiliar, but intuitively feels like the way to go. Lockdown brought about an extraordinary experience for me in the form of songwriting. I have no idea what happened, it just was. Perhaps driven by a burning desire that if music kept me alive over all these years, then it was important to share this with others as a means to connect, to laugh, to cry and to just be. I hold close the words my sister gave me on a slip of paper years ago. You are safe, healthy and loved. I believed her then, I believe her now. With that as a constant in my mind and with music, I can step into the me that was lost and hidden for so long and although difficult, it is worth it. I choose to tell my story, not for sympathy, but so that others with diabetes know that they can have a future and they can have health. And so that those who care for us know that we want to live, to breathe, to see, to grow and to flourish. They are the gifts that music has given me. That is worthy of celebration. <laughs>